a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, the night that uh, we take it a little bit in the loosey-goosey kind of way. Anything goes, share some stories with you. You can share stuff with me. Uh, you can respond to some of the stories and some of the things I want to follow up with. Um, Suzanne Summers, you know her. Uh, the she What was she on? Three's Company? Uh, she came out with a book called Two's Company, I think. Anyway, she talks about uh, her and her husband getting special shots so they can have sex twice a day. But what she says is, is kind of funny, so I'll share that with you. Uh, an Ontario man gets a, uh, a rare annulment when his wife refuses to have sex. I'll tell you that story, and you'll tell me what you think about that. And a bride who wants a wedding at 5.30 a.m. Is that a wedding you'd go to? Would you complain as a guest? And are women's sexual experiences more important than men's? So I'll share some studies uh, about that. Also, I'll share some studies about vibrator use. Is it is it ever too much using a vibrator? So all those stories and more coming up. Plus, after 10.30, we'll play Dirty Minds and your chance to win uh, a one-month unlimited pass to 360 Punch. By the way, you can try out the gym. The first class is always free, especially if you've never done kind of a, a boxing fitness kind of uh, a regiment. It, it's a lot, a lot of fun. And um, yeah, you can go uh, your first class. You can just try it out for free. So our winner will get a one-month unlimited pass. Uh, but first, time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. Time to answer some of your questions. Some of them I get by email, and I thank you for that. Lori at drlori.com. Some people send it through the iHeartRadio app. That's also fine. Uh, of course, you can always uh, text me right here, right now at 514-800. And, and actually, throughout the show, if you have any questions, I will answer them because, like I said, on Fridays, uh, just about anything goes. No no specific topic. So anything you want to talk about, I'm happy to talk about with you. I enjoy listening to your show. I learn a lot about sex and relationships. I am a gay 33-year-old male, never been in a relationship. I like guys under 28. I'm open to a relationship, but the problem is that it's hard to meet someone serious and from experience, after sex, most of the time, things change and maybe it's over. I know I am not amazing in the bedroom and would like more practice. I've seen dating services in Montreal from experts, but they are not cheap. Any advice? So I'm not sure what to tell. First of all, I'm not, you're saying you know you're not amazing in the bedroom. What makes you not amazing in the bedroom? Uh, a good lover is one who uh, communicates with their partner, who uh, finds out what they like, uh, who uh, puts effort into pleasing, not, not just taking. So I'm not sure what, what that is for you, but certainly with practice and learning from other people, that's something as well that you can become a, a better lover, I guess. Uh, in terms of relationships, you, I, you're going to have to use what everybody else uses, which are dating sites. And rather than use the app like Grindr, which is like Tinder, but for the gay community, which is, I would say, 
less serious. So you're more likely to go there to find sexual partners and nothing serious. So if you're looking for a serious partner, I would go on a dating site, like on online, like just a a dating site. And then it's on those dating sites, they ask you what you're looking for. It's male seeking male, female seeking female, male seeking female, whatever it is. And state in your bio or whatever your your profile that you are looking for something serious and not just uh, casual sex. So make your intentions known and uh, and it's a it's a numbers game too. like it it can take time before you find somebody that you'd be willing to date. And you also don't have to feel pressured to go and have sex with somebody on the first date. Like if, you, if, if for you, you want to wait to see if a relationship evolves and that's fair, that's okay. You, that can be your rule, your uh, boundary. Just don't break your own rule. Like if that's your rule and you want to wait, let's say three dates before you uh, decide to sleep with somebody, well, then then stick with that and, and make sure you're upfront about that. So if anybody is, uh, go- you're going to attract, I guess, more serious people who will want to date you more rather than the person, the guy just looking for that one night stand, you know, one time and, and that's it. 514-800 if you'd like to text in. Uh, I'm 25 years old and currently dating a woman that I have serious trouble pleasing. I can satisfy her through oral sex, but I ejaculate too quickly to be able to pleasure her through intercourse. I last one to four minutes. I've tried PC muscle exercises to help, but nothing works. Do you have any suggestions to assist me in lasting longer? So I'm wondering when I hear this, you're saying you have serious trouble pleasing, yet you also say in the next breath that you satisfy her through oral sex. Well, 80% or close to 80% of women uh, will not have an orgasm through intercourse. So all that foreplay, the oral sex, the manual stimulation, so all that direct clitoral stimulation is necessary. And therefore you are pleasuring her in that way. So it doesn't matter how long you last, like you could last a half an hour. She still may not ever orgasm through intercourse. The majority of men will ejaculate within, uh, two to five minutes. That's around the average two to five minutes of thrusting. That's your average guy. So if it's under a minute, it would be considered, um, premature. Yes. And there are exercises that you can do as well to prolong. Uh, it's not just your, your clenching and releasing of your, your PC muscle, but you can practice this with, um, with masturbation as well. So you, you would masturbate until you get to a point, the point of no return right before that point, And then you would slow it down. So stop and start and stop and start and stop and start. And then you would move on from that to, uh, then maybe having your partner do it for you and then moving on to her pleasuring you orally and seeing, and then moving on to intercourse. So you need a a partner who's cooperative and who will want to do that with you to train you to, uh, to slow things down, but don't expect to go for 30 minutes. That's just, that's not really all that realistic. Um, 
but you know, if you can last four minutes and you're pleasuring her with all the other stuff, then that's good. That's very good. That's just about what women need. Uh, coming up, a bride wants a 5.30 a.m. wedding. If you got that invite, I'm curious, what would you do, say, would you be upset? Would you try to convince her otherwise? From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. It's funny, I just heard uh, Ken Connors announce his lineup for the weekend, and uh, <laughs> I will be speaking with him. He says uh, uh, Lori and her uh, relationship that she's having, so I just want to, <laughs> I'll give you a sneak peek as it makes it sound like, I don't know what, it sounds a little kinky, but it's the relationship I'm having with my car. I posted about it. Uh, because it's my first year anniversary with my plug-in hybrid car. It's a, a Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV. I posted about it, and Ken calls me and says, I want to talk about your relationship with your car. Uh, so just to give you a, a, a little sneak peek on that, um, what I posted about was that I filled up in May, end of May, and I didn't fill up again until this week. So, uh, And I went 7,000 kilometers on that one tank, of gas and I was amazed myself at what that like that represented a huge uh, huge savings for me and very minimal in electricity as well so uh, I'm talking about that with him uh, tomorrow morning just wanted to share that little tidbit 514-800 if you have anything you would like to share uh, I want to talk about this woman who went on Reddit. Reddit is like a, a website. People go there and, and at, kind of ask for advice, but they ask for advice from other people and people weigh in on stuff, right? Uh, so basically, uh, she, this, this woman who got engaged says that uh, they want to have a, a, a wedding at 5.30 in the morning. And she's asking on Reddit, she wants to know if guests are allowed to be mad. So what she said was that her and her fiance wake up to watch the sunrise together every year on their anniversary as it's something that is extremely meaningful for them. She says it's a very special tradition for them as a couple, especially as they've been through a lot together in their relationship. And because of this, they appreciate the symbolism of watching a new day begin so that this couple thought well it's logical we want to bring this tradition into our wedding so they sent out invites with a potential 5:30 a.m start time so that the ceremony could take place on the beach as the sun rises but many of their friends and family did not appreciate the meaning behind their plan what they wanted is just to have the ceremony on the beach and everyone walk over to the beachfront restaurant for breakfast and mimosas and uh, and have it like that um and then they could have the rest of the day to you know hang out on the beach or or what have you so uh, i think people were um not too happy about that um so they got a lot of backlash from guests who want them to move the ceremony to a more normal time of day. They don't think they're being unreasonable, so they went up 
they went on Reddit to uh, to, to get some uh, some backup. So if I think they have a right to do what they want. If this is meaningful to them, uh, they invite their family and friends and whatever, and whoever doesn't want to go doesn't go to the ceremony. They can say, well, it's a little too early. We won't go to the ceremony. We'll just go to the after party or whatever, the, the breakfast or or whatever whatever is happening after, right? Uh, but I would go if it was my friend and they decided they wanted to do a 5.30 a.m. wedding to watch the sunrise because it meant so much to them. Wouldn't you go? I, I don't understand how how people are accusing them of being selfish for choosing such an hour. Like, it's their wedding. If you don't want to go, don't go. Simple as that. On another note, this uh, marriage didn't last very long. Um, and this is out of Toronto. A bride's refusal to have sex with her new husband, apparently due to crippling anxiety, is reason enough to grant his request for a rare marriage annulment, an Ontario court has ruled. Um, they noted the high legal bar to undo a marriage which goes beyond a spouse simply saying no to sex. So apparently if a partner just simply says no to sex, it's not enough to annul the marriage. But this is different um, because they felt that the non-consummation of the marriage uh, was as a result of an incapacity or inability to consummate rather than a refusal to do so. So here's the couple. They have their names and everything. Uh, Reza met Sadaf in January 2017, the U University of Waterloo. He was a PhD student, and she was a post-grad student in computer engineering. They began dating and talking about marrying. During the discussion, uh, Tajik told her fiancé that she did not want a sexual relationship before marriage. So he agreed. So, okay, both traditional all good. He proposed. She accepted. They married last July in um, Ontario. The groom describes his mounting frustration about his sex life with his new wife in an affidavit that was uh, filed with the court. She refused to have any physical intimacy with me, and I could not understand the reasons behind it right after our marriage. Later, I noticed that our marriage could not be consummated due to her serious incapacitating anxiety for having sexual intercourse. According to him, she kept putting him off, saying she needed time to overcome her fears. Despite his passion and desire, he said he didn't insist or try to force her. Given her pre-marriage request to refrain from sexual activity, he said he was unaware of how his wife felt until after they had tied the knot. It's likely she didn't even know about her fears until after the wedding, he said. He also said she refused, this is the part I have trouble with, he refused to see, she refused to seek any kind of counseling or medical help. That's a problem. That's enough for the annulment, if you ask me. Uh, the lack of sex played out against a backdrop of parental unhappiness over the marriage. Uh, her parents, who live in Iran, took the view the marriage was not valid because they did not have an Iranian marriage and no dowry was paid. He said, I started getting frustrated when our family's conflicts continued in addition to my wife's ongoing refusal 
for consummating the marriage. They separated after seven weeks uh, after the wedding, and then he sought an annulment on the basis of non-consummation. So I get that there could be, somebody could be experiencing intense anxiety and fear. I've seen couples like that actually in my uh, in my practice who have gotten married and have had, have not consummated their marriage. They've had other sexual activity, but they have not had, uh, intercourse. So either due to the woman's inability because she developed a condition called vaginismus or, uh, some intense fear often related with the, with the vaginismus. So, or, or, or there's pain or something, but, these are couples generally that you would think would seek out help because after all, they got married because they loved each other and they want to be able to, to have some kind of, of sexual experience. The fact that she refused to seek counseling and, or, or any kind of medical help or any kind of evaluation to me, that's the basis of which I would go on the, uh, the annulment, not just the consummation, that's one thing, and I can accept that if the the you know there's a cause of it, but I can't accept when somebody does nothing when there is help to be had for this kind of thing, and I'm sure that that just frustrated even more. Imagine being told, uh, "No, I'm not going to have sex with you," and "No, I'm not going to go get help." Well, what is he supposed to do then? And where was this marriage gonna go? at that point. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. 514-800. I want to talk about um, vibrator use, um, women's sexual experience uh, compared to men's sexual experience as, as well. And uh, actually, I'll do that right now. Why do older people have sex? I, you'd think we, you know, we, we would know by now, but uh, there aren't that many studies that look at why. Uh, but there was this one study uh, done in Israel, actually, and uh, they looked at 60 to 90-year-olds. And there were five main motivations that were identified for, uh, for sex. And basically they were to maintain overall function. So a lot of people felt I better use it or I'll lose it to feel young again, to feel attractive and desirable. Uh, and, um, to, uh, instead of lust, it shifted to love. So being together and feeling good in your partner's company and the, the engagement in sex is for closeness uh, and the fifth one was uh, moving from getting sex to giving sex. So focusing more on uh, the other person where it was more important to have sex so that they would, uh, their partner would get enjoyment. That was more important. But coming up, we'll answer the question, is women's sexual experience more important than men's? with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Time to play Dirty Minds. So here's the way it goes. If you've never heard how we play this, I give you three clues. They're pretty dirty clues, or they sound dirty anyway, but the answer is super clean, just letting you know. So the only way to really get this is not to think in the gutter, basically. 
no matter how long I am, I'm still too short. If I'm taken from you, you get stiff. When you stop pounding, I'm done. What am I? If you know the answer, first caller through with the right answer at 514-790-0800 will get a one-month unlimited pass to use at 360 Punch, a boutique uh, gym on the West Island that opened up about six months ago, and it's a lovely, lovely, lovely place. All right, a couple of text messages here in response to some of the stories I was sharing. Uh, Hi, Dr. Laurie. This is from Karen. Um, About the couple planning a sunrise wedding saying weddings are a ritual between love, friends, and family, happily joining a couple more spiritually than any other way. Myself, many family and friends sleep in until 10 a.m. or wake up very grumpy without a daily bread and coffee. In my opinion, if a couple wants to do it this way, then for sure plan an after-wedding party, perhaps to replay a video of the vows and party on later in the day into the night to accommodate all loved ones with love. That's actually a beautiful idea I think uh, filming it and whoever wants to join in early in the morning and then replaying it later I think is a is a great way to do it actually or they can do a private ceremony in the morning together and then they can have another ceremony later on in the day for everybody else so that's uh, that's a good plan uh, another texter in response to the guy who wanted an annulment because of non-consummation of marriage. It is my opinion regarding marriage annulment that the woman fraudulently misrepresented herself. Well, let's just say if we give her the benefit of the doubt, she's never had sex. She was a virgin. She wanted to wait until after marriage. I'm assuming she was virgin. It doesn't say that, but let's just assume that. Uh, maybe the, like, she didn't realize how bad her anxiety about intercourse or would be, or how bad her fear would be. So I don't know if she purposely misrepresented herself. Uh, and in, in with, uh, about this same, uh, the same story, I didn't hear the bride's point of view, but we can't assume she was ever in love with her husband. Her parents didn't approve. It wasn't a Persian Iranian wedding. The stress of her family's anger and disowning her would be enough to give anxiety and not want to consummate the marriage unless she was fully in love with him and willing to lose her family back home forever. So I think what you're saying here is there was conflict, internal uh, conflict, possibly unconscious, uh, like unconsciously rejecting it all because everybody, there was no support around that. So that, that is a possibility for sure. That's a possibility. And if they were in my office, I would have looked at that as what purpose is this serving, uh, for, for her and what are the conflicts that are going on in her own mind, but she refused to get help. That's where I have the problem. So John is our winner. I'm going to give you the uh, the 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 um, clues again with the answer. No matter how long I am, I'm still too short. If I'm taken from you, you get stiff. When you stop pounding, I'm done. The answer is life. Congratulations, John. You uh, win a one month unlimited pass at 360 Punch. I hope to see you there. If you really, if you want to know, I'm there every morning, just about at least six days a week. Uh, so come work out and anyone who wants to try out a class can do so first class is uh, free 
So let's talk about women's sexual experience because there's a, a whole lot of research uh, in this uh, in this area. But in sexual relationships, it's uh, you know it's natural to assume that both people's experiences are going to strongly impact uh, the, how long a relationship lasts, how satisfied a relationship will be. But quite a bit of research in different areas of sexual experience suggests otherwise, actually. So in heterosexual relationships, women's sexual experience has a larger impact than men's on both relationship duration and and maintenance, like sticking together, and relationship satisfaction. So I'll give you a couple of um, uh, examples of this. So kissing. Heterosexual men and women view kissing quite uh, differently. One study found that when kissing, women rate the taste and smell of a partner's mouth and breath as a more important factor than men do in deciding whether to continue kissing. Plus, kissing is an important factor in women's decisions about whether to engage in sex. Most women, but not most men, say they would not consider having sex without first kissing a potential partner and they would not have sex with a bad kisser. So men, this should be a lesson. Learn how to kiss. Uh, Additionally, although kissing remains important to women over the course of their relationships, for men, kissing becomes less important as relationships progress. So this is another clue to men. This is a need that women have. If kissing is important, kissing is what may uh, get your partner more aroused. It's what uh, will make your partner feel loved and uh, wanted and and all of that, which will make her much more open to, uh, to sexuality. So pay attention. Are you kissing your partner enough? Just because you don't need it so much does not mean that your partner doesn't need it so much. Now, studies on orgasms. Women's orgasms may function to help evaluate the quality of potential long-term partners. Women whose male partners are more attractive and symmetrical also report experiencing more frequent orgasms. That's interesting. Um, Because both bodily symmetry and physical attractiveness are associated with genetic quality, women's orgasms may help to guide them toward better long-term partners. Obviously, this is from an evolutionary uh, perspective. When we talk about desire, women's sexual desire is more strongly linked to couples' relationship satisfaction than men's. There were two longitudinal studies done, meaning studies where they looked at people over the long term at different times. Uh, And they found that women's levels of sexual desire were much more variable than men's over time. I think we all probably know this. Uh, While men's levels of sexual desire stayed higher and more constant than women's throughout the duration of both of these studies, women's levels of desire tended to decline over the first few years of marriage and they were associated with declining marital satisfaction for both uh, members of the couple. But because men's levels of desire stayed constant over time, men's desire was unrelated to the couple's relationship satisfaction. So there is a difference between men and women when it comes to sexuality. 
Coming up, is it possible to use your vibrator too much? This is Passion on CJAD 800. Is it possible to use your vibrator too much? Uh, this texter writes in, you buy a bead dildo thing, it doesn't work. The way you were hoping, you can you give it to someone you know? What? I, I, I'm not clear what you're talking about. What, repeat that. I don't know if it's just uh, your uh, writing, your whatever it is. Anyway. Uh, my girlfriend has a vibrator that no male can compete with. <laughs> no male can compete with any vibrator, my friend. Uh, pulses, spins, vibrates, various speeds, vibrating, clitoral stimulator, curved part to get to G-spot. Costs her over $200. I cannot do all of that at once. <laughs> but I'm free. But at times we use it when we play. Good thing. Listen, you're not in competition with the dildo. Please do not try to be. Um, but let's talk about this. Let's talk about, because there's a lot of myths around uh, the use of vibrators. Some people say it numbs out your clitoris or you'll never want a real penis again or you get addicted to your vibrator. None of these things are true. They are not addictive. They are not harmful. Uh, a vibrator does not desensitize the clitoris. If it does, if you feel numb, it's very uh, temporary. There is absolutely no evidence that a vibrator can cause a lasting desensitization of the clitoris. If there's a diminished sensitivity for a little bit, it's for a little bit. It's not for long. So you just have to stop using it or use it on a lower uh, vibration and you won't have... Uh, a problem. 71% of women who have used a vibrator have never had any side effects, which even that includes the genital numbness and no pain, irritation, swelling, inflammation, tears, or cuts. And of the 16% who had experienced genital numbness, only 0.5% reported that the numbness lasted a day or more. So, uh, no. Okay, so the person wrote back, now you're making sense. Can you give away a dildo that didn't work for you? You're not going to give away a used dildo. Like, that's a very, like, who would take your used dildo? Like, it's not something, even though you can wash them and there's there's products to wash, I don't know, I just, there's a little ick factor there. I, unless it's your female partner or something. Uh, or if, no, no, that's a very personal thing. It's, I don't know. What do you think? What, what do people think about this? Could you give away a dildo that didn't work uh, for you? No. Uh, I don't like the idea that somebody is using a, a dildo that I used in my partner. Yeah. Okay. Same person actually wrote in. You don't like the idea that somebody is using a, a dildo that you use? What difference would that make? If it didn't work for you and somebody else is using it, not that I, I, I think that's a good thing, but um, I, I don't get that. Like, what what's the problem there? You're jealous of, of a dildo? I don't know. Uh, I had a dildo molded from my penis, so when I can't be there, a part of me can. That's a great idea. I know a few people who have done that, um, have made molds, 
like there's special companies that do that. They mold uh, your partner's penis and hey, you can have uh, telephone sex and there you are. You a part of you, you're right, can actually be there. So what about being becoming addicted to your vibrator? The uh, answer is no. You cannot become addicted to you, the vibrator. No research uh, supports this claim. So there's no physical or psychological addiction, uh, to, to a sex toy. It's used usually for solo sex or with a partner, but no studies show that you're going to become so hooked on the vibrator that you're going to lose all interest in having sex with an actual, uh, partner with your male, uh, partner. That's just, uh, that can be debunked right there. So it's true that people who uh, use vibrators regularly can grow used to, ha- you know, climaxing rather quickly and dependably because it's ease much easier as the one texter wrote in, like a man can compete with that. It pulses, spins, vibrates, does, it does all kinds of things that a partner couldn't possibly, uh, replicate, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't orgasm with, uh, with a partner. It's, you just have to make sure that you get clitoral stimulation when you're with a partner. You also, if, if you're only used to, if you can only orgasm with your vibrator and not with a partner, you may want to put that aside a little bit and try different ways, um, different forms of stimulation in order to be able to also, uh, get you there. Oh, Good question. Where can I dispose of my old sex toys? Huh? Uh, I, are they recyclable? I, I, I don't know. Is silicone recyclable? We should look into that. That's, that's a very good, uh, question. It might be recyclable. It might be. It's a kind of a plastic. I don't know. I don't think there's a number on it or something, but does anybody know? Is a sex toy recyclable? Listen, sex toys are made of different things, right? So, of course, you would take out the batteries, so the batteries are disposable in something else, and then if the rest of it is a form of plastic, then I would imagine, yeah, maybe uh, you can put them in the uh, recycling Mm -hmm. bin. Can you imagine the person who goes through that, (laughs) who goes through the recycling and does the sorting? Oh, my. Uh, Any other health concerns you should uh, worry about when it comes to uh, using vibrators. The only thing you could, it could create irritation if you're not cleaning your vibrator properly. So make sure you're following instructions because different materials need to be handled differently. Uh, you know, they're made of different things. So you, some of them are, are fine with soap and water. Others need a, a more specialized kind of uh, a cleaner and there's sex toy cleaners that are available as well. So make sure that, that you do that. Uh, so you have to also make sure whatever you're using, if you're using it for entry, that it's actually designed for that kind of usage, right? Make sure that it's well lubricated as well. Make sure you're using a compatible lubricant to go with whatever, uh, whatever you're using, because otherwise it will, it could irritate uh, the lining of, uh, of the vagina. So you also never want to insert a sex toy that has been in an anus, for example, on any other parts of the body, certainly not the vagina or the mouth, 
because that can spread fecal matter and that will spread bacteria to all those other areas. If you share a sex toy with a partner or other people, you could potentially spread or contract sexually transmitted infections, chlamydia, herpes, for example. So you can practice safe sex toy use by covering the toy with a new condom every time and then properly cleaning it after each use. So uh, that's something that's, that's really important. So there are really no real negatives to using vibrators and sex toys. And there are certainly benefits because it teaches you about your body. It teaches you about what feels good to you. It can show you how to have an orgasm that you've never had before. It can make you feel more confident and empowered when it comes to sex with a partner. It could help you relax, unwind, gets you to the, to your pleasure uh, fast, easily, and it can just help your overall sexual functioning and use it with your partner if uh, if you want to. That's okay too. Well, that music means it's time for me to go. So uh, thank you all for spending your evening uh, with me. I want to thank our technical producer, Aaron Lakoff. I want to thank our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can do that at Dr. Lori Betito. My last name is spelled B-E-T-I-T-O. Or through my website, drlori.com. And uh, you can connect with me on multiple places right there and if you want to listen to some of the past shows some some of the shows that you miss our podcasts are all listed right there on the website as well coming up next here on cjd we bring you the ctv national news have a great rest of the evening a fabulous weekend and remember to live your life with passion <laughs>